Hello, welcome everyone to the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. And my name is Tony, your host and the communication director here at the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter. This week is Thanksgiving week, and while ALS is a terrible disease and we wish that we weren't working at these jobs, um, even though they're a great place, uh, I want everyone to feel thankful. There's a lot that all of us here at the chapter feel thankful for, the friends we've made, the progress we're making, um, and knowing that every day I get to go to work, it's for a good cause, and hopefully we're making a difference. Um, My guest today is a perfect person to have for our Thanksgiving week, and that is Nurse Maureen Reed. Um, I am very thankful to be working with a lot of great caregivers, and nothing against the other people, but especially nurses. Before I came here, I actually worked for some nursing organizations, and um, really appreciate the thankless work that they do, or the and it's not necessarily thankless. People like nurses, um, but the hard work that they do to provide compassionate care and support to all people. Um, nurses are generally the most respected profession in the country, and for good reason. And so we're going to talk today to Maureen Reed from Hershey Medical Center, um, who is going to share her story and talk about a bit on what she does there, her personal ALS story, and you know the kind of growth that's happening at Hershey Medical Center. This month, this year, marks the 20th year of the ALS Treatment Center at Hershey Medical Center. We're really proud to be able to partner with such an amazing healthcare facility and hospital, and they, Maureen is going to be able to give a great perspective on what happens there. Before we start, just to let you know, you can go to www.alsphiladelphia.org to learn about how you can donate, volunteer, get involved with an event, or spread awareness, and you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and a couple other things, all at ALS Philadelphia. So with that introduction out of the way, um, Maureen, Maureen, thanks for joining our podcast. Thank you, Tony. It's an honor to be part of this, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Well, I, I know we wanted to talk for a while, and it's hard to get you down on a schedule because you have a pretty busy life and pretty busy job. <laughs> I do, I do, but it's a very rewarding um, job, and, a very, and it's a rewarding life, so lots to be grateful for. So... Like you are busy. You you've been a nurse. Um, how long have you been a nurse before even getting into the clinic? Oh my goodness! I have been a nurse since I have been twenty three years old. So for thirty years, I have been a nurse. So back. So you go all the way back to when they use leeches for getting blood out of people. <laughs> Actually, yes. Oh. Well. Medical Center, um, we used to use leech therapy for some of our plastic surgery patients to increase increase their vascularity. So, <laughs> so hopefully, in your time as a nurse, things have improved. Oh my gosh, Tony, they sure have. Um, things have come a long way. Uh, just the mere fact that I can be helping patients. Um, and different aspects, like I, you know, being a nurse, you have so many different opportunities. So when I first started off in nursing, I actually worked at a convent caring for um, nuns who were in a nursing home and took care of some sisters that actually had taught my father. So um, <laughs> it was amazing. And then I went into the hospital and I worked on the floor 
a med surge floor, and then I specialized um, in orthotrauma, and then I went on and sold um, orthopedic equipment, and then found my way to the AOS Association. And this has been, I must say, the most rewarding job I've ever had. Well, I'm glad it's rewarding, and I know that you know the patient services department is really the the bedrock of our chapter um, that in the Phillies and we've the patient services what people might not realize is over half of our budget and over half of our staff so that's really what the chapter is about at the at the core right exactly so I, people ask me all the time well so what exactly do you do a nurse with the ALS Association, and I I want to say to them, what don't we do? So, um, and patients will often say, well, does my insurance pay for you? I'm like, oh, no, your insurance does not pay for me. (laughs) And I try to educate them that um, the money that we raise through walks or through ice bucket challenges um, or through just everyday donations actually pays for our services. So... We can use the last few days as an example of things that I do. Um, we, uh, besides seeing our patients in clinic, um, where we go, we go into a patient's room and we assess them, um, you know, see how they're doing, see how their caregivers are doing, and um, see how their family members are doing, because it's not just about the patients, it's about the family and their support team as well. Because if the family and the support team that are caring for the patient go down, then the patient's in big trouble. So, um, so we do an assessment and check on their breathing and and their speaking and their eating and how they're, you know, walking and you know, um, able to um, perform the activities of daily living and assess their emotional state and all of that. And then we present it to Dr. Simmons, and then I will delegate to the team which professionals need to go in there and, t- and um, assess the patient and come up with a um, team care plan. So then after that, then we all meet as a team, and then we all converse about the patients that we saw throughout the day. And then the rest of the work begins from there. So we'll, let's say if a patient needs some um, more in-home therapy to make sure that his surroundings are safe um, or if they need equipment, I will arrange all of that. So that goes into us having, developing really good relationships with um, the um, home care pro, um, professionals that are out there. And um, and th- that takes a lot of work, figuring out which are the best professionals to be in there to care for our ALS patients because they're a very special group of patients. So developing those relationships are huge, along with, like, our respiratory vendors and our durable medical equipment vendors. So, um, you know, so it's a, it's a group effort. Well, and uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, well, you you are really the front line of the patient care in, in a clinic, the nurses, because you do all of those assessments usually before the neurologist even comes in, Correct. right? Correct. And 
And we also, I think it's important for people to know, our patients don't have to come to our clinic in order to receive our services. So, for instance, um, we had a patient that we heard about through one of our healthcare home professionals that said, you know, it's a patient, he, he's not the type of patient that wants to go to a clinic, um, but he has ALS and he has great needs and he's interested in seeing what services the ALS Association can provide for him. So we, you know, spoke to the family, we got consent to go into the home and to meet with the patient and the family. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, it was, um, I, I, I won't forget this patient, I'll never forget this family. So I went out to his home and, um, and I was really, he, he was a gentleman that's um, very private. And um, he worked as a garbage collector. So he was very proud of that because um, it required a lot of strength and a lot of discipline. And um, but uh, now, you know, I go in there and he can barely walk. He can, you know, barely use his arms. He could barely speak. <clears throat> and he could um, hardly eat or drink. And his son was there, and who was just, I don't know what to do. Please help us. I don't know where to turn. I don't know how to help my father. Hmm. So I brought in, um, I'd um, gone out there with our social worker, Joan, who is phenomenal. And we did a home assessment. And first of all, you can't walk just walk into a patient's house and just take over and tell him what he has to do. You know, like, God, we would love that. <laughs> and then especially if the patients would listen to us, but that's not the reality of it. So we just go in, start talking to him about who he is. So tell me about yourself. So, now, he couldn't speak, but boy, he could write. So his left hand was a little bit weaker, but thank God he was a right-hander, so he wrote a lot. And writing wasn't great, but Neither are doctors' signatures either, or their handwriting. So I've gotten used to read that, reading that. So um, he was writing up the story and telling me all about who he was. And so then we approached. So what do you want? What, what what are you looking for? How can we help you? Long story short, you know, um, after. You know, going round and round, and I, you know, and asking for permission, can I go check out your bathroom and see what that looks like to see if I could get you anything in there that would help you, you know, get into the bathroom and, you know, off the commode, et cetera. Um, can you show me how you eat? Um, okay, where are you sleeping? Okay, like that, those kinds of things. Asking the son, how often are you able to be here for him? We came up with a plan. He um, agreed to a feeding tube because it's really a comfort measure. And over the last 48 hours, trying to um, made arrangements for that, um, built his trust. You know, we left there, you know, him giving us hugs and thanking us. And his son, you know, just speechless. I, I don't know what we would have done if we didn't reach out to you. Wow. So... 
think it was very, Peyton's very spiritual. And he said it was the angels that brought us to him. Aww. And, yeah. So, spoke to his ex-wife today. <laughs> and his ex-wife is, you know, she's going to be part of the plan. And it, it's just nice to see how people come together and how we're able to be part of their lives. This is, you know, a heart-wrenching situation. But we were able to bring peace to him, knowing that we were going to make sure that he had the appropriate support system so that he would be comfortable and he would not be suffering. Well, when you talked about being thankful this week, and I'm sure that ALS is really tough, and it's especially hard for you for so many reasons. And, uh, but no, knowing that you're appreciated is something that people don't get in every job. Exactly. And we don't do it to be appreciated. We just do it to know, like, do we help you? You know, we and, and him saying, giving us a hug and, and thumbs up. And we, we, we made a difference because some patients will say, I mean, some of our friends will say, and, um, you know, different nurse colleagues, oh, my gosh, I don't know how you do that every day because there is no cure. And I'm like, well, we help them to have a better quality of life over the going through this, even though there is no cure yet. But we're not giving up. We have hope that someday there will be a cure. And in the meantime, we need to raise money so that we can give these patients the best care and um, provide the best services possible so that they have, you know, a um, good quality of life. Well, you, you guys do an excellent job raising money at Hershey Medical Center. We have the Hershey Walk to Defeat ALS and some other things that happen in that area, too. And that walk is always successful. Um, but I guess part of the reason why that walk is successful is, one, you guys do a great job. But, two, the, the people that come to the clinic, really, maybe because of the work you do, plus how terrifying and, and challenging the disease is, our families do come across as very appreciative, and so many of them want to give back right away. Yes, I, I agree. And I always say to them, you know, being part of the walk, at least, at least you feel like you're doing something for the future. It, there may not be a cure while you're here, but there will be a cure for your grandchildren, your grandchildren's friends. You know, um, it's all about, you know, paying it forward. And you guys have, oh, and you guys have the um, Hershey Clinic Best Care Anywhere team, which often has, you know, anywhere from a few to a, to a dozen patients on that team. And, and so you really make it so that the patients that come, a lot of times people that get involved in a walk are afraid that they're only going to have themselves and one other person. But you let them know that there's a community both at the walk and in that team, so that they're all united. Exactly, exactly. And and there are some patients that say, I just, I, I, I don't have the strength that we're just too tied up in everything else to develop a big team. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you're part of our team, the ALS clinic team. You walk with us. So then they don't feel left out. Exactly. Um, I'm sure it's very rewarding to you knowing that people – want to join your team a lot of them come back year after year um to be yep. not just at the walk but part of your team and um it that's always such a positive environment for me which is you know i i don't know if i thought that when i first got here how positive the walk 
would be because it's ALS and it's not a very fun disease, but everyone's so happy, especially at that walk with the weather being nice and knowing everybody. Um, you guys really build a great community. Yes, I, I, I agree. And and I have a little history with, with the walk at Hershey as well. So um, my late husband, Rich Kelly, um, had um, was diagnosed with ALS and passed away in 2003. And we were um, part of the first walk that occurred down in Harrisburg. It used to be along um, Front Street along the river, um, right at the, the baseball, uh, where was it? No, right along the river. Remember, we used to go over the bridge. You weren't on board then, Tony. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, you weren't. You were, you were just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we um, walked along Front Street across the bridge, and it was amazing. And we had a team called the Kelly Crusaders, and we had so many people on our team that we got an award for having the most members of, on a team. Um, and we were with um, the Zimmermans. And the Zimmermans always got the award because they had a lot of wealthy. They had a lot of people with money. But we had a lot of people with huge hearts. So, um, And they used to, they referred to us, look at that sea of green. So it was, um, it was something. And so I can actually speak to the caregivers and say the best feeling is being part of the team and to help raising funds uh, for patient services and for research. Because you do, you, you feel like you're um, you're not gonna let this disease conquer your ability to give back. Now, when you are um, talking to patients now, because you've been through ALS as a, as a wife, um, do you, does that help you when you're talking to people? Because ALS is usually a disease, in my experience, when the person comes in, they'd never heard of it until they came to your clinic. Um, and exactly. So, so do you bring your perspective as someone who's dealt with it? Um, does that help you as a nurse? So I really do feel like it's helped me as a nurse because, I mean, if I didn't have this experience, and that was a pretty versified, versified, am I saying that right? I, my experience was pretty diverse, and I, you know, I, I cared for, you know, ENT patients, so I was used to um, secretion management and, and things like that, and trauma patients and all of that, but I wasn't, um, I think I would have been scared, because that's what we hear out in the community, like the, the nurses that go into the homes to see our ALS patients, patients will call us and like, Marie, we, we, we don't know what to do. Like, what could we expect? I'm like, okay, slow, deep breaths. This is nothing to be afraid of. It's symptom management. So just break it down. Um, and these patients are just so happy and their family members that you're coming in with a big heart and that you care about them. That's the main ingredient that you need to bring into their house. So, um, but it, it can be, an, you know, it can be intimidating because they're hanging, our patients are hanging on to every word that we say. And, you know, you have to find the balance because you want to prepare them so they could come up with a plan of what's going to happen, but you have to make sure they're 
they're at the place where they're ready and willing to hear what you have to say because it's not always pleasant. Right. So feel that my experience, like I've been there, I've been on the receiving end. So I feel like I could, I have a good perspective on how to balance that and how to say it in a, um, okay way. Well, you're not the only one that has experience with ALS because this week and this month we're feeling thankful for the fact that we've been partnering with Hershey Medical Center to have this ALS treatment center there. Um, it's a, I think it's a nationally renowned uh, ALS center and hospital. And uh, in the last podcast with Alaire Altiero, your coworker, uh, we were discussing that you know people probably don't realize how much work and research is going on in central Pennsylvania uh, for ALS. Um, but we're coming up on the 20 year, well, no, we're not coming up at, we're at the 20 year anniversary. What does it mean to work at a place like that with the longevity of Dr. Simmons, of Sue and others who have been building this clinic up and, you know, how has it grown in those two decades? So it's with great pride, um, um, that I work there, and I'm extremely proud to tell everyone that I work at Hershey Medical Center ALS Clinic um, because it's been there for 20 years. Um, they we just continue to grow. We we continue to um, learn the um, most updated uh, treatments for our patients and what works and what doesn't work. And back in the day, like, oh, boy, when Rich was diagnosed 18 years ago, it's hard to even imagine that, we had to go to Hopkins because they did all the research. We didn't have anything going on. Now, our research team is so busy <laughs> when we're in clinic. I, I, I think we need to add more people to it because we're running them ragged. And and it's just so wonderful that we don't that we don't have to send patients down to Hopkins. But we can't, we our ALS clinic team though was always the best clinic team, and Hopkins would tell me that. They said, "Oh, we're thrilled you're coming here for um, the research, but you know, and we're extraordinarily happy that you're staying at the Hershey ALS clinic because they're the best. They really know what they're doing." So it's interesting for me because I know I've known Sue and Dr. Simmons from being on the other um, side of the table as them being our, you know, guiding us through the illness. And I always had nothing but the utmost respect for both of them. Um, and that respect has just grown in leaps and bounds. So our patients, you know, um, should be, I, 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 and I know they are, they're, right, they're rightfully so, should be grateful to be part of the ALS clinic team because at Hershey, it is just outstanding. And I'm grateful to be part of this team as well. Well, you know, everyone says how wonderful a team is, and it's and nothing not that other clinics aren't great, but what, what makes this clinic team, especially for the last 20 years, yeah, why does it work so well? Because I've been there for a number of a number of times. I was there last week or two weeks ago, um, and everything just kind of clicks 
and I know it's I know it can be stressful and it's a lot of hard work, but it seems both very caring and very professional. Like, how does that happen? Where it's from the outside, it almost seems easy, and I know it's not. Well, I have to give all the credit to Sue Walsh and um, Dr. Simmons. They've done an outstanding job at um, putting this clinic together. And Sue, you know, has a great vision for how the clinic should run. And she's picked outstanding staff that she knows will work together. And she's, um, you know, and, and we're up to three nurses now. And um, she just knows how to keep us going. Uh, she, I, I've never worked in as a nurse in a position where we get so much positive feedback and encouragement. And she looks out after us to make sure that we don't get burned out. I mean, she's been doing this. She, she... She went and knocked on Dr. Simmons' door and said, do you want to help um, be part of a clinic here at Hershey Medical Center? I, I, I mean, if it weren't for Sue and Dr. Simmons, I don't know where our patients would be, and I don't know where my late husband, Rich, and I and my children would have been. So Yeah, because if you're in other parts of the for. state, I mean, people come from far away to go to the clinic. I mean, I know people that go over 100 miles to come to Hershey Medical Center. Uh, which is that alone traveling there from a distance is not easy. So you must have something good going on if they're willing to make such sacrifices to get to you. We have two patients that come up from Delaware. We have patients that come up from Maryland. We have patients come up from um, um, almost at the New York border that used to come down. Uh, And then people who come up way past up in Wayne County. Um, Pennsylvania. So uh, I don't know what to say. It's it's the chemistry between Dr. Simmons and Sue Walsh and their knowledge and her managing skills. Um, She's she's all that and a bag of chips. (laughs) Those those chips are important. Um, So, (laughs) but, you know, it's been around for 20 years and you you have a lot of experience there from both working and personal. Um, what has improved? I, I, I imagine I imagine even Sue over the years has been like, oh, I wish we had done that before or I wish that what we do today we could have done then because of money or understanding. You know, what, what do you think has um, helped the clinic become even better today than it was, you know, when it first started? Well, I think now we have three nurses. So with three nurses on board, we're able to pay closer attention to our patients and their needs. Like, I I don't know how Sue did it by herself. And then she had a part-time helper, and then it was the two of us. And then we have Annette on board now, Annette Miller, who's phenomenal. And now we're able to take more time to do more patient follow-up care. Um, and, you know, not let the patients slip away from us because some patients, they, they won't pick up the phone and call you and tell you something's going on. I mean, I, 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 I don't know why, but there, there's a patient population out there that they just won't, they just, 
you know, come to clinic, they leave, they go home, stuff comes up, and they think, well, it was supposed to happen like that. When, even though we, we tell them, they have, like, you know, our phone numbers everywhere. They have a binder. They have, you know, all of that. But that's even grown. Organization of um, giving patient care, you know. Now we came up with a red binder where they could keep all their patient information and, and all of our handouts and, and we developed this amazing um, uh, um, access to the internet with um, with um, all patient service education on it. We didn't have that before. So you know, access to information, uh, us calling and following up on our patients and saying, "Well, we could help you with that." We didn't know that was going on. Glad I called. <laughs> So, because we've been able to raise more money and hire more people to be part of the team, we're able to give better care. Yeah, I'm, now, this is my perspective, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to pretend I'm right. Um, <laughs> I think that there comes a point with patient care and nursing where when you have, it, it sounds like, well, paying more nurses or having more staff is expensive, but... When you have more staff, not only do you provide better care, but you can provide care earlier, like you said, and more attuned with their needs, so that you know it's not as many emergencies. There can be pro you can be proactive in ways you couldn't. Exactly. So actually, it's it's more cost effective to right. have more nurses in attention to the patients and doing um, symptom management to prevent them from aspirating and getting pneumonia to educate them on good oral care so they don't get pneumonia, um, to, you know, educate them so they don't fall and get fractures and have to go to the hospital. You know, that that's our main goal is to keep our patients at home and safe and comfortable. And that helps the caregiver as well. Which you, you talk to hundreds of patients at the clinic every year, but there's also the hundreds of caregivers and so if you could be proactive as a nurse early, then those caregivers have an easier job. Exactly. And that's another thing that our association has provided. Um, we're up to now for, for patients who qualify up to 12 hours of in-home care. Um, and so that's grown throughout the years. From That's a lot more than when uh, Rich and I were going through the journey. So. Well, and so that's... A huge plus to me, um, knowing that the care is, um, that there's more care, so the care is better, because it's, you know, it's not a linear thing. If you're adding more people or more services, it's not just that there's more, it's that the people are getting better care, too. Um, improved quality. Yep. Improved quality, that's right. You see, you're better at this than me. Um, <laughs> so, what have, have, you, have there any skills or things that you've learned um, that have made you a better nurse as a result or that, you know, think that, um, yeah, you're able to do more because you have more staffing, but are there techniques or tools that are out there, technology, I don't know, that, you know, oh, wow, being, doing this in 2016 is better than it was in, you know, 1996. Oh, yeah. Well, now we have the iPad has been a saving grace. Uh, <laughs> so technology has improved 
over the years. Therefore, we're able to help our patients and help them to feel better because our patients, you know, we have a large bulbar population, bulbar meaning patients that can't speak for listening to this um, podcast. (laughs) And so, and then a lot of times they're able to use their fingers still so they can um, use an iPad and there's a Speak It app on it and they can type in the iPad will speak to us. So things like that, um, you know, I'm learning it because we, we didn't have an iPad back in the day, you know, and now we do. Um, we have different things like for secretion management. Now we have like Botox injections. I would have never even known that you could use Botox to help control patients' excess saliva. So that's huge. Um, different options for um, patients getting feeding tubes. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't. There, there's some. There, there's some important ones. Well, those are really big. I mean, I know, like the iPad yeah. really became prominent when I started, and yeah. uh, there was a patient, Mike, who uh, has passed away, but he gave a he he got his degree while he had um while he had ALS. I guess I don't know if it was a graduate degree or what, but he. I uh, gave a commencement address with his iPad. Um, Mike Kilpatrick who used to be on the board, who went to your clinic. Uh, and I love Mike. Oh, now God. we have the van transportation program in his name, and and he used the iPad, and you know he was a communication person. And if it wasn't for the iPad, who knows what ALS would have done for him? Exactly. So I'm telling you, technology has really, really improved the quality of life for our ALS patients, and I, I. You know, I'm, I'm so ecstatic by that. So I'm going to uh, finish up with this one um, kind of area here. And that is, you know, you mentioned um, you love Mike Kilpatrick. And <laughs> I, I thought about Mike, though. Um, you you, and not only the people at Hershey Medical Center, but all of our staff. I mean, I was just meeting with a patient today. That's why our recording now happened half hour later than expected, so you thankfully you were accommodating me. Um, but the patient I met today, um, Brenda, was just like, oh, he's so great, can't wait to meet you. Um, you got, Do you think that you guys develop these strong bonds to our families because that's just who you are as nurses and good people, or is it ALS that does that? Because, you know, this doesn't seem like a job, like a clock in, clock out for anyone in patient services. This is about, um, you know, real strong connections that people have to many, many patients and long after they're even at your clinic. So I think Sue has done a great job of picking her staff that has um, been on special um, gifts that uh, are open to um, developing these relationships with our amazing ALS patients. I mean, this happening is I don't know what they were like before, you know, um, but when they, some of our patients, they, they say, I mean, I know uh, one patient who's younger and his mother's like, oh my gosh, he's so much nicer now than he used to be. <laughs> 
So I'll often say to him, he was a bad boy, so I'll often say to him, like, oh my gosh, David, in some ways, this disease has brought you closer to your family than you were before. And he said, well, now I know what's important and what's not important. So we're, we're the blessed ones to, um, to meet these kind of patients and their family members who really, um, the world slows down for them. And they really start to depict what is important throughout the day and the rat race that so many of us have been caught up in just slows down and you stop and you smell the flowers and you look at the full harvest moon and you go for strolls and you just you know, pay attention to the smaller things and appreciate your loved ones more. Well, I think that all of us do that as a result of working here. I know I feel that way, and I'd like to think I'd be that way either way, but, you know, being here definitely reinforces that. Yeah. So did I explain myself okay with all of that? Sometimes I rant. (laughs) No, you're fine. If you didn't talk, if you were boring, we wouldn't ask you to do this. Uh, well, we're thankful for you to you for all that you've done for the ALS cause and to everyone at the Hershey Medical Center, ALS Treatment Center, um, and hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving, Maureen. Thank you, Tony. I hope you and your beautiful children and your beautiful wife also have an um, incredible Thanksgiving, and um, I'd like to thank um, the chapter and thank Sue Dr. Simmons and Dr. Rahisha and the rest of our team members for just being the best people that they can possibly be for our patients. Well, we're all very appreciative of everyone there. Uh, we're also very appreciative of all of you who are listening that donate your money, your time, and your efforts. Again, if you want to find more ways you can get involved or just send a note and raise awareness, please visit us at www.alsphiladelphia.org. Go on social media at ALS Philadelphia. Um, we're able to provide more and better care with care services workers like Maureen because of your donations and time. So um, we're thankful all year round, not just Thanksgiving week. And please give of yourself whenever you can. Uh, Thanks, Maureen, again. Okay, thanks, Tony. Take care.